Hi, we're Katie, Jessica, and Shannon, and this is Boy Problems Podcast, a community focused on supporting families navigating substance use disorder. We hope sharing our stories, introducing you to experts, and answering all the questions you have no one else to ask will help you better navigate your story. Through our partners' recoveries, we found each other and formed our own squad, one we know is so valuable to how we manage this disease in our relationships. So we started bringing a microphone to our hangouts to extend our conversations to others just like us. When you're here, you're not alone. If you're listening, you probably know we met at a family support group and our bonds have grown stronger through sharing our stories and supporting each other. When we think about the thing that's helped us most, it's that. So we'd like to extend that community to you. If you're feeling like no one understands what you're dealing with or you're looking for a community of like-minded individuals, consider joining us for our virtual support group. For details, visit recovering2.com. We know what you're going through, and we're here to help. We're recovering, too. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Um, It's been a year since we released episode 52, Why Are We Hiding? And that's the episode when we said goodbye to our aliases, Alex, Elise, and Liz, and decided to like fully embrace our stories and share our names and faces with the podcast listeners and our social media followers. And it was, I guess, kind of a long time coming. We'd had a lot of conversations about whether we should do it or not. Um, And I think we were nervous going into it. Well, I guess actually Jessica and I might've been more nervous. Like Katie had been ready for a a long time. Um, But Anyway, we pushed through that. We did it. And I think like the last year, it's been so cool to see how that has helped us grow. And we've been able to um, better connect with other people in this space. And so I guess we were just thinking, since we do have so many new people in this community, which is awesome, we're like so glad you're here. um, We thought it might be helpful to kind of reflect on how this all started. Like, how did we meet and become friends and what led to the podcast and recovering to, and just, I guess, reflect on what it's been like for us the last year. So I guess we can uh, dive in from there. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Katie needs to start because she's the, the reason that this is happening. Like she's the one that like initiated us all hanging out. I feel like that's true. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. So I think, so I like connecting with people oh, in really? general. <laughs> and so I am the person that talks to the Uber driver and loves to find out their stories. And I know all of my neighbors and their stories. And so for me, uh, I feel that I like to get to know people intimately So when I saw Jessica and Shannon in, um, our partners went to rehab at the same facility and they offered a family support group and Kimmin and Casey had met and were in the same 
IOP group and they were talking and Casey had said something like, oh, my wife, I remember this word because I thought it was so weird. My wife's about to dip out on me. Oh, he said. <laughs> he said dip out and I was like what a weird phrase but it was like kind of like a Kimin phrase so I was like oh my gosh they're gonna be friends anyway so he said he's about to dip out on her dip out on no. him I but um and so I was like oh man and then Kimin told me about the support group and that you were going to maybe try to work through this with Casey and mm-hmm. I was like well of course I'm gonna go and try to find her um and so I did I saw you and the whole time I was the whole time in the meeting like everybody's crying and sharing and whatever and I couldn't figure out like who you were like <laughs> there was another person in there like another couple young people maybe I don't 100 remember but then I found you and there was this old lady sitting between us and this bitch would not move this poor old woman. She just would not let me like, look at you in like a way that was not creepy. Anyway, end of the meeting, I approach you and I'm like, do you want to go to dinner? You said, yes, we met at dinner. And then we connected with Shannon soon thereafter. Um, and it was just like, yeah, it just felt right. And it felt very comforting that I just remember we were at Louie's wine dive. I remember. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And I remember you shared your shit and I shared my shit and you, you were just like, holy shit. Like that's a lot. And to me, I hadn't ever communicated everything that was going on. And when you said that, I was like, oh man, my situation is pretty jacked up, isn't it? Like, you know, you just feel that it's normal and you feel like, Mm-hmm. Again, we've talked about the frog in the pot. Like it doesn't go from zero to a hundred. Like it uh, just kind of gradually builds up to the awfulness. And mm-hmm. so it felt really good to hear you say that's some terrible stuff. And you shared some of your terrible stuff. And that is just how, that's how it, it started. And then Shannon, we had basically the same dinner with you of tell us your awful stuff. We'll tell you our awful stuff. And, and yeah, that's kind of how it began. Yeah. What I remember is I remember meeting Jessica first, I feel like, um, Mm -hmm. or at least I I have a, like a more vivid memory of the first time she came to the meeting. Um, so I had been going to this meeting for a couple of years. Um, and so all of the other people for the most part in the meeting were generally parents who had adult children, um, in rehab or they were in active use. And so, whenever somebody like younger my age would show up, I'd be like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Um, And for those couple of years, it'd always be like somebody would show up for one or two meetings and then they would go away. Um, And then there was one time, I remember Jessica, when you came there, I feel like we were like sitting across from each other. And I remember like liking your shirt and your outfit and being like, oh, she looks like cool. I feel like we're like the same age. And then you mentioned where you lived like downtown and it was like a neighborhood adjacent to me. And I was like, oh yeah, she's very cool then. (laughs) Um, So I was like thinking all of this stuff and then you're telling your story and, you know, Casey was also a, a heroin user, which was kind of uncommon in the group as well at that time. Um, but I don't remember, I am not like Katie in the sense where I don't just immediately go up to people and I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to know each other. Like I'm more of a observer and 
then we'll see like, okay, if they'll come back. Like, I don't usually give my phone number to other people in the group right on the first day. I'm like, well, let's see if they come back. So I don't remember, like I vividly remember that situation, but I don't remember when we actually like talked and then how it got to the night that we all went to the Mexican restaurant and Lizzie, who we've had on here many times joined it. We're no, Lizzie was not there, but there was somebody else from their group. There was a fourth person joined us at the, the Mexican restaurant. Lizzie came into the picture later. So I don't know, like Jessica, do you were, do you remember <laughs> about this? Um, <clears throat> well, I, I started going before Katie. So that may be why you remember me first. Okay, yeah. um, I think it was only a week or two. Maybe I'd gone, maybe it was my like second or third time when Katie showed up. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember a lot. I like black out these situations because it makes me so nervous. And it was like my first time. I hadn't even been going to like one-on-one therapy yet. Like I had very briefly, but like I was just it was just such a like a new thing for me to like go into this room full of people and be like, I think my marriage is ending. My husband is a heroin addict, and I'd like it was just so like I was always like super sweaty (laughs) like and just like didn't really like I don't remember a lot I do remember though seeing you Shannon and being like oh okay like I was so so surprised to see someone like you said like that you lived near me you were my same age and I was just like oh wow like I'm not like that was really I wasn't expecting that I honestly don't know what I was expecting um but I was like taken aback by that a little bit um I remember Casey coming home and being like telling me about Kimmin and saying that because they were in like the same um group initially I think and I remember that they had uh that thing in common where they were both like we're gonna smoke weed or drink I don't remember which one it was but they were both like in that phase a little bit or at least toying with the idea that like we don't have to give up everything and I remember him coming home and being like yeah there's this other guy who's super cool and like he thinks the same thing that I think and I'm like "Mm, okay cool and uh I remember that part really well and other than that though like I don't even remember the Mexican restaurant you're talking about I remember going to um Louie's Wine Dive and talking to Katie and like I know Casey dropped me off and it was like, number one, I'd been pretty isolated anyways, but just because the nature of what had been happening, um, I wasn't exactly like going and hanging out with my friends or like, so it was just, I remember just feeling like really, it was really nice to like, not only be hanging out with someone that like knew what I was going through, but then was like very similar to me and like outside of addiction, if we would have met in college, we likely would have been friends. And it would just was like, oh, I just remember that feeling of like, oh, it feels so good to like feel normal for a minute. <laughs> and so I remember that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those days like are a blur, honestly. It's just yeah. like, I just was going, and it, it was just so overwhelming because like I said, I wasn't like super used to sharing um I wasn't used to talking about this at all and I knew nothing about addiction and at that point I was very much like 
thinking my marriage was likely going to end. And I was still very, very much in like that panic mode of like my husband could die Mm -hmm. uh, because I didn't know any stories of anyone who didn't die. (laughs) You know, like there were no like examples of people who like stayed married to a heroin addict or a heroin addict that didn't die or didn't go to jail. Um, I didn't know any, I didn't, this isn't, those weren't like in my mind, they were not possibilities that I could see. Yeah. So I don't know. I just remember that general feeling of that time of being like really sad. And then also just being like, I guess I'm just going to like go through these motions and show up and see what happens. And that's what I kept doing. But yeah, as far as specifics, I don't really know because it was really difficult for me to be there. And I was just like, I would like just leave being like, okay, thank God that's over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good for you for continuing to show up. They say, yeah, it got easier. It gets easier. But yeah. 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 I always tell people to go six times. You do remember what? you um coming up to me and um you know I don't remember what you said but if I feel like your whole family with you or something like um I feel I remember you it felt like a lot of you and (laughs) I do remember that like I remember being around me I feel like that's one of my first memories of Katie as well it stands out was the fact that she was there and her Mm mother-in-law and her sister-in-law which I originally, I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool that they're all there together. Like, that's nice. They have the support system. So like, I I feel like that's an initial, like a first impression that I have. Um, But I don't remember the, like how we ended up at the Mexican restaurant. And then I feel like that just kind of led to occasionally it'd be like, hey, let's, we started doing dinners like a little more often, like outside of Mm -hmm. the meetings and things. And Um, or meeting up at each other's house like I remember Jessica coming to your like tiny apartment that one time (laughs) did we yeah yeah like I can remember like being at your kitchen table so really god yeah yeah that was that place was really small we're about to move into that small again which is crazy (laughs) yes we'll have to talk about that another time um I also remember like we were I you know, I don't go to that family meeting regularly anymore, but I do remember though, feeling like every, it, it felt like a regular inter- interval where like there were more people like us showing up. There were other wives and that also felt interesting to me. Like what, this is crazy. Like how are there, there's just so many more people our age you know, showing up to these things. And I do remember going to dinner more and more with other people and like, then being like, oh yeah, like I remember my first meeting or when my husband started IOP or whatever. And like, then we became like the veterans and that also felt like came with its own set of like weird feelings. Um, But I do remember that like at the beginning, just feeling like, oh, like there are just more and more people like me yeah, I was not anticipating that. Yeah, I, the point about the veterans, because I guess when you two first showed up, I had been there for two years. And at that point, Jay was sober. It was a couple months later that he had like his first relapse. Um, but I remember feeling a little bit 
I don't know, like some sorts of sense of like responsibility of like, oh, I can show them the ropes or help like let them know like, oh, look, there is hope. And um, mm-hmm. that feeling like would continue um, throughout the rest of the years that I went to support group, like even the times that things were going well, like with Jay, like I would still go because I felt like, you know, there, there will be like a newcomer and it might be helpful for them to hear. And I also felt like it, um, was good for me, like sharing what I've learned, like that helped keep me like connected into like the recovery sense or like, and seeing, um, new people come in and sometimes you hear the advice that's given and it reminds you like, oh yeah, I, I need to do that myself. I've been like slacking on it. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, that idea of being the veterans, um, that was always like a main reason why I continued going, even if I didn't feel like I needed it in the moment. Um, and it also made it easier than the times I did need it. I could show up and be like, help, here's what's happening. And it didn't feel so awkward. That's yeah. I think also for me, um, the sense of community of where we could go every Wednesday for two hours. And like, no matter what we said, even if it was like the craziest thing, it, while it was crazy, like it wasn't like, it was believable. People believed you. They were like, oh my gosh. And maybe they could tell a story that was similar to that. And so for me, that was great. But I also really liked, we would, you know, that group was like six to eight. And many times we would all be out at the cars. Like we'd walk out together Mm -hmm. and then stand there for another hour yeah. Just chit chatting mm-hmm. about stuff. Yeah. Which is cool. That was cool. I like that stuff. I know. And I think that's probably when kind of what started driving more of our regular like get togethers outside of the meetings. Cause it's like, okay, now we're standing by the cars um, for an hour afterwards talking. And then, you know, as the time went on, I mentioned Jay relapsed and then Kim and relapsed and Katie was pregnant and Casey relapsed. And then there was jail and like, there were, were just more and more things to talk about. And we all worked downtown mm-hmm. at the same time. Like we realized our offices were like within a mile of each other. And so we started like meeting for lunch, like during the work day. Um, I feel like that's where in, in my mind, I feel like our like friendship sort of evolved more. Like we also just became rather than like, oh, people who we're in a support group with, like we became like friends also. So mm-hmm. I do remember, <clears throat> so I don't remember meeting you all very specifically, but I do remember the day, Shannon, when you had the idea of starting this podcast and we were at lunch at one of these lunch. And I think it was downtown. just you and me this day. And we were, at was. The, we were at the mall food court, which was not our usual meeting spot, but for some reason we were at the mall food court, I think. I thought we were at city market. I think that's where we normally were, but I... I don't know. I, I have this like a vivid memory or maybe, I don't know. We were at some food place and I do remember though the conversation and we were just like, I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but I remember like the conversation kept every time we met up, the conversation always went to what are all these people, what do people do who don't have a group like this or don't have, you know, friends who are a five minute walk away and when you have to go to work for four hours and get through it, you can go to lunch with the, these people and talk about what's been bothering you, what you've been holding in from everyone else. And then 
get yourself together and go back to work. And, you know, it was one of those things where we're like, oh, wow, this is a very unique situation that we have. And also it's like we could see how it was helping us like in real time, like, you know, like something as simple as just having someone who actually knew what was going on with you um, and that you could talk to and then like, then resume real life. It would have, no, we were just like reflecting on how like unique that must be and like how isolated we were before that. And then thinking of like all the people who don't even have that family support group that once a week at their treatment center. And then you said something about like, well, what if we just made this a podcast or something? Or what if we brought a microphone to our conversations Yeah, and just recorded it and shared it? And then, and then within like a month or two, we were doing that. Yeah. Cause I think we, um, I mean, we recognized even like we were lucky that we had that family support group, but it was really the only one that I knew of in the area. And, yeah. you know, we're a, a large, fairly large city. So you would think there'd be more and, and maybe there are, but sometimes it's just so hard to find these resources, especially for the family members. Um, and that's when Jay was in the midst of his like long using run, he wasn't living at home. So it really was like, I just needed to get things off my chest constantly. And so it was like being able to have that break in the middle of the day at lunch to be like, here's everything that's happened in the last 24 Mm -hmm. hours, because, you know, in active addiction, it's like, let's cram as much as possible into such a short time. You're like, how did all of these crazy things happen in one short amount of time? But somehow it does. So it was like that time was just like, you know, it can word vomit everything and it just helped like feel so much better. And yeah, we were just talking and like, think of all the people who don't have this. And so we threw out the idea of like a podcast and then it was like, oh, we have to tell Katie this. And I don't know that we really thought either of us were being serious, but then I feel like when we told Katie, she was like, yeah. oh my gosh, we have to do this. <laughs> and it was like that a couple weeks funny. later, we like recorded our first episode, which I think we ended up like redoing because yeah, it totally. did it. Yeah. Was not great. We had no idea what we were going to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, it was in your house. It was really echoey. We we realized yes, that's right. We were in your equipment's table. important. <laughs> we discovered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, that's, that's crazy. So then we started putting the episodes out with our, you know, our fake names, which I think at the very beginning of that, Jessica and I were both like definitely not using our real names, Katie. I don't remember. I know pretty early on you were like, oh, we should share who we are. I don't care who knows, but I don't remember it being like a big point of discussion then. No, I think you two are very hard in, I'm never going to release my name. And so there was really no buttons to push there. <laughs> and I yeah. think is, is we're also interconnected that I could not say who I was 
and people wouldn't necessarily figure out who you were. And so it had to be an all or nothing type of thing. And then we also had to have the conversation of, even if we were comfortable, there was also conversations with our partners of, are our husbands okay with telling who we are? And also we have children, there's a possibility that our children will will hear these stories. And so I think there's just a lot of layers and then family members, right? So like family members don't know all of this bad stuff. And um, a couple of our family members listen now that we've come out public. Um, So that's been some interesting, that's brought on some interesting conversations. There's just a lot of layers to it. Yeah, it was just kind of freeing knowing like, oh, no one knows who is behind, you know, the voice of this. And so it allowed us, I think, to like, just say things more like freely. And I, that's something that in the last year I've had to kind of push myself on, like to not stop myself from talking about a topic or sharing something, because I know like, oh, my mom or sister might be listening or Jay's family might be listening. And so I have to like, tell myself a lot of times, well, if they are listening, they are choosing to hear these things and it is not my responsibility for, to like protect their feelings. Like, so I'm just, you've had that. You've almost wanted to quit or stop a couple of times. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. My, yeah, there've been some family members listening that then I have to like, defend my relationship or my life choices off of the podcast like to them so then it's like instead of the podcast because when I when we started the anonymity gave me like it was almost like its own form of therapy you know it was this was our own little support group where I was like okay I'm just going to like say these things and just get them like out of my head and off of my heart and like it just was a place for me to kind of put these stories and these thoughts and it felt like something good was could potentially happen from them um and when we shared when my family members started listening it got to the I wasn't necessarily sharing these things with them because for me historically that hasn't been the best for my mental health or our relationship and um yeah so then you put all this out there and it's public and you're being you know there's articles about you in papers and then you're on the news and you know people get interested and then they're like oh what's what's all this about and then you're like well this no longer feels like my safe space to like share my story it feels like you know like there can be people that are just like nosy (laughs) and want to know and um when those nosy people are also your family and they're like well I I told you you shouldn't do that or I told you this or I told you that and it's just like that's this is that's not the point of this this is not for you to like there there isn't a comment section this isn't like this isn't a narration this is this is a one-way story for now so like I don't really want that feedback and it's not helpful to me at this point for someone to tell me like I told you so (laughs) so yeah I've had to deal with that a little bit but I think that um I do so I I have another side of like being ourselves I think there's a lot 
that it opened us up to be able to do like starting a virtual support group where we were able to like you know having more of a local like we have we've been featured in things locally like the news and being able to reach people and connect with people in a way that we could not have done if we were anonymous that's just not something that would have been an option um on the flip side of that though there's a reason that anonymity is a part of the program and i think that there's this like protection of this very like every it's a very like vulnerable sensitive place to be in and it's not necessarily something that's meant to be just public for everyone's opinion i mean it's just really not a healthy thing i think at least for me it has that that is not a healthy aspect of this journey for me you know like i just i i don't think that you can be healing and trying to change your life um and field criticism um and defend what you're doing in the moment because in the moment i might not feel like this is the best choice i might feel like this is just the next right step i can't tell you with certainty that it's right or that it will last or that nothing bad will ever happen again and i think that some people expect that um at least my family has expected it to feel like me to be able to be like this is 100 percent right and i have all the faith and sometimes i don't have faith sometimes i don't have hope and sometimes i don't even want to continue doing it <laughs> and so to have to defend that all of the time i think is it just makes a difficult situation more difficult yeah. um well so i think you yeah. said like made me think of you know, when we are like sharing these stories or especially like something in real time, when we're in the midst of a relapse or some like big fight at home or whatever it is. And there's some like big life decision, like what we are saying is being captured like in like a moment in time. Um, that's why I don't ever like go back and listen to our old episodes because it's like, well, now I know more, like I have more information at this point than I did two years ago when I was saying X, Y, and Z about whatever. And so it's like, I don't go back and listen to that because I, one, I don't want to like be critical of, oh, why did I say that? Or why did I do that? And like, I can't change it now. So usually like I'll listen to the episode when we put it out kind of because I, I have to for like editing purposes and things, but I don't like go back <laughs> and listen to them. Um, mm -hmm. So I never listen to them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't. It's not, that's not like for me, it's, that's just not helpful. This is like, this wouldn't work for me if I, if I did that, you know, it's like when you write in your journal and then you don't open the journal for 10 years, it's like that. It's like, I just need to like share and like, this is how I feel today, but tomorrow it could be different. And for sure, two years from now, it's going to be different. So, yeah. yeah. So now that we've come out, <laughs> how, how do you guys feel? Cause you guys were very anti coming out. And then even, even when we, even when I was like, you guys, we got to do this, like, come on, we got to do this. Like Jessica, you were like 50, 50 and Shannon, you were like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so how are you feeling? Uh, disclaimer. I don't think that I was like, no, absolutely not the whole time. Um, oh, wow. 
from at the very beginning I was because as you talked about like the intertwining stories also during that time like Jay was not living at home we were like not even together he knew about the podcast but it was like how do I navigate it's his story also so like I didn't want to deal with it then and then we kind of got to a point where it was like things were going but like better and it was like okay I, I feel like it's easier to do your like real name and face and stories when things are like positive. So it was like, okay, I'll kind of come around. But I, then I feel like Jessica and I never matched up on those times because then she kind of switched to like, I I don't know. I can't remember. Maybe there was a relapse or something and you're like, I got pregnant. And then I was like, yeah, maybe that. And like, oh, a new job and like life things. I was like, no. Um, But then I remember that like around the new year, I guess it would have been in 21 when we were meeting because we had had so even from being anonymous and like not really promoting the podcast and things we were still getting like messages from people and emails and I think that continued to motivate us and we started thinking like well what could we do if we like shared who we were like we could reach more people maybe we could start a support group and we didn't really like see a path for how we could do that, like without like sharing who we were. And so then I start, I guess I started feeling more open to the idea because of like, it would mean doing something for the greater good. Like I thought there was a a bigger purpose and that would be worth the like discomfort and just the like anxiousness that I was feeling. And you know, Jay was still sober at that point. Like we were doing well. So it felt a little bit easier, but I was still just like hesitant. And I think that if Jessica had not, and I don't remember how Jessica, you'll have to tell us how all of a sudden I feel like it just flipped a switch where you're like, yeah, let's do this. But if Jessica had still been hesitant, it would have been much easier for me to stay in that. Like, well, let's just wait, like revisit this in six months but both of you were like gung-ho and then I could see like, okay, there is a, like a purpose for this. Like I, I have to go along with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Jessica, how did that like flip, like switch flip for you? <clears throat> well, there was this um, small, like global pandemic and I, <laughs> I was pregnant at the same time. And I don't think I've ever like, I'm not sure that there's like some like story where I'm like, oh, I I did a bunch of work and I felt super comfortable with my story. I don't think that was it. I honestly felt, I'd never felt more isolated being like postpartum during a pandemic when like, you just, I don't, I can't describe to you like the highs and lows of that. Like I also had, you know, postpartum like anxiety, depression, all this other stuff, but there was a real sense of isolation for me that year. And um, I honestly felt like that when I thought about how it made me feel to share my story, I always felt less alone. And I think there's something in that for me that it was just like this right moment and this platform thing already existing. And then like knowing how it, how good um, support groups and sharing made me feel and also getting that feedback it was like okay this is a valuable way to like channel 
this energy I have, like, instead of like sitting here watching, like, it just felt like that year was just like nonstop, like terrible stuff that you could get sucked into because you were doing nothing else. Yeah. Especially me because I was on maternity leave. <laughs> I didn't have work to distract me. Um, so I think it was just like this perfect storm of like timing and, um, you know, my, um, Casey was really good at that point in recovery and we'd had a baby and, you know, I think there were some things that had developed in our relationship where we just couldn't trust each other more and, um, and all of that. So I think it was a combination of all of those things, but now I think of the three of us, I've had the hardest, I probably have had the hardest time since, um, kind of becoming not anonymous anymore. Um, I think that I've struggled with this, the role of this story in my life and um, finding the balance of that and the boundaries of that. You guys know, but maybe I haven't shared this like on the podcast, but, um, you know, I, I always have like this, I have an anxiety disorder, but I always have this like, low like there's always this underlying fear and anxiety related to my husband's addiction and like what that means for me or now what that means for like me and my son and um so that like I don't think I don't know if that will ever go away that hasn't gone away yet um but there's always always this like low level of anxiety and I feel like there are times in my life when I don't notice it as much, you know, there's other things going on, things are positive, like getting a lot of positive feedback (laughs) that things are going well. Um, But for me, like having my story printed on paper or on the news and seeing like my employer, like seeing it and knowing about it. And like, um, I don't know, it's like, I've had a harder time you know, sometimes, you you know, we talked about, like, you just kind of shove that under and you save it for when you're in your safe space. It almost feels like my safe space is now, like, all parts of my, well, this is all parts of my life, and I feel like it's harder for me sometimes to put those boundaries up and not feel that anxiety, not touch into this part of my life, like, as much. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like it's, like, Like you used to be able to kind of compartmentalize, yeah, kind of based on where you were in your day or who you were with, but now kind yeah. of having it out there makes yeah. it like makes it bleed through in all areas. It's a bigger part of my story. And yeah. I don't always know if I want it to be, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I and I yeah. So I feel like it's been hard for me, you know, to balance this and like how I feel about doing this because of that. You know, it's like I don't know if I want this because you know when things are going well sometimes I'm like what if they're not soon and I'm going to regret spending this two hours when things were well recording this podcast instead of like with my healthy husband you know when the things were good you know I don't know there's just like it's just this thought of like when does it change and like how like I don't know like when do you stop making it such a big part of your life and I think that's something that probably a lot of people feel, but this, this, this platform particularly has made me like wonder that more. It's becoming more of who I am. And do I want addiction 
to be more a part of my story. I don't know. It's just something I think about a lot. Yeah, that's interesting because I don't, I don't necessarily relate to it in that way. Um, Cause I think I'm just sort of like, yeah, addiction is always going like, as long as I'm with Jay, like addiction is always going to be like a, a part of our life. And honestly, even if Jay and I weren't together, it's like, I've been so affected by it now mm. for over 10 years that like, I think it would continue to still be a part of my life in some way. Um, so like that isn't really an issue for me. I think, um, sometimes it's the like, oh, sharing how like good things are going, like makes mm-hmm. me nervous that if things change, like they, now there are more people who are like a witness to this. And now we'll know if things go bad. Um, whereas in the past I had a little more control, I guess, of like gatekeeping mm-hmm. what information went out. Um, and I realized I, I didn't like answer Katie's question of like what it's been like in the last year. Uh, I think in general, I've gotten like more comfortable just sharing and knowing that it's out there um, and have been not surprised because I guess in the back of my mind, I knew that people would be like receptive and encouraging. And so like, that's, what's so conflicting. It's like, I didn't expect that like people who matter in my life would be like, oh my God, what are you doing? Or that's terrible. But there's still always like an element of surprise when people that I share with like some of my coworkers, I told them about the podcast and I know that they've listened at times um, or like family members. And then to have people reach out and be like, oh, I'm so proud of what you guys are doing, or it's amazing. Like I don't know. It, it feels good and it's kind of surprising, but then it also makes me feel a little bit awkward because I don't generally like take compliments very well, I guess. Um, but I guess that continues me feeling like, okay, we're doing something positive. I like that we're doing it. I like having this sense of purpose. So for me, it's more of the fear of like, oh, now it's just more out there for if things go bad like people will know that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Katie, where, I, where are you in the mix on this? So I think for me, it's just like, I think I even said it in whatever episode 54 or whatever. Like I just in, in, in many ways have no more fucks to give. Like, it's just, uh, you know, we are only on this earth for a very short period of time. I have chosen to stay with my husband. I, I understand that life is messy and awful and weird and awkward. And I think it's the most ridiculous thing that people just want to talk about their grass or (laughs) did you see what the, I don't know, weatherman said or something stupid. Like, that's not what I get out of life. Like, I live for real conversations and that's what fuels my fire. And so for me, it was so hidden, so shut off, so dark. And so when I was able to come out on the podcast and and come out to other people, it just feels very freeing. Like my boss the other day, like (laughs) he didn't know or doesn't know still. And, um, 
he said something because he's a runner, Kimmins a runner, and there's this run here and you get two beers after the run. And he said, Hey, is Kimmin going to run this race in whatever September? Um, you're going to come by and get some beers. And I was like, honestly, like if you want to take his tickets, that's fine. And he was like, Oh, he doesn't drink. And I was like, no, he's in recovery. And he just kind of, he made this face and then, but he doesn't like to talk about emotions. Like it's anti-emotions with him. Like it is just cut and dry. Um, and so, however, there's a, another gentleman, my, um, at my work and he's very, it's cool that, cause he asks questions and, and he talks about it. And some of the other people at work will come and say stuff about episodes and like, Oh wow. Like Katie, Holy shit. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's just, for me, it just, um, it's just like who I am as a whole. And I think if Kimmin were to relapse or if Kimmin were to die, like that's just our reality. And that's just what I would talk about. Like it would be shitty and awful and, but I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess for me, it's, uh, I don't know, maybe this is a whole other topic, but like, you know, at what point have we gone through this? And yes, addiction is, I mean, I'm not addicted to anything, but it's a big part of my story. But I think that I have this like idea in my mind that like, I don't want that to, to define who I am. And maybe that's just something I'm hung up on. I, I don't really know. Um, but I, I, I bet you I'm not the only person that feels like this, where it's like, I, I don't necessarily have to deal with the ins and outs of addiction. There are many things that I have, that are my problems that have impacted the situation and that were present before. And I think would have been present no matter what, they maybe just would have come out in different ways. Um, I think I have my, a lot of my own struggles, but like addiction isn't necessarily one of them. And I, I think that there are bigger things than that for me that I have to deal with in, in the context of my relationship, you know, yeah. like there. And so I don't know, I have this, like, it's maybe just a mental, my own, like where I'm at today with like this mental block of like, well, that's fine, but it's like not relevant to me right now and I don't know but that's just something that I revert to sometimes where it's like that's okay but that's like not what I'm worried about today yeah, yeah. I don't know well, well I, I think oh go ahead I was gonna say I think we've, we've spoke about that before and I, and I think um like addiction like you have said in the past like it's hard for you to like um draw back from some of these bad things, like kind of just like focusing on the future. Um, and I agree that my day-to-day -day is not immediately affected by addiction. Like I am not worried that Kim is going to go out and use, and I know it can happen, but I'm not worried on the day-to-day. -day. He just went to the Grateful Dead concert. I was not nervous that he was going to use drugs. And however, in the beginning, I was extremely nervous <laughs> like extremely nervous. And so I think for me, the further away that we've gotten from this, it's not as present in my mind. However, it does rear its ugly head. And I think we've all had those situations where it's like, things are going great. Like this whole Kim and smoking cigars has brought up a ton <laughs> of the bad emotions, memories, 
it's like muscle memory of all those bad things. Um, and so, but it's not present in the day-to-day, which I think we've spoken about before with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to tag on to that, I think I was going to go with, I agree with what you said. I know we've talked with Jessica before, like where she's had a harder time. Like, I don't necessarily like going back and retelling like old stories. Cause I'd rather focus on the present. And I guess that doesn't bother me so much. I think it goes back to like what I mentioned earlier of feeling kind of this duty for like the newcomers of sharing like, Hey, I want you to know this is what it was like for me. And here is what it's like now. Um, and I think that was also a big piece of like why we were doing this. Um, you kind of alluded to this earlier, Jessica, like we had never had any picture of like, what does it mean to like live with somebody in recovery? Like we always, you just always think of people like continuing to use or dying. And like, there wasn't really a picture of recovery. And so I think sometimes it's good that addiction is not in our like day-to-day for us right now, because hopefully that gives some sort of hope to other people that, Hey, it's possible to get to this point and just show like, show that other side of it that is so often mm-hmm. not seen. Um, and so I guess, I, I don't know, that's where my mind went when you were, were talking about that. Yeah. I think that that's one of the things I love most about this. And maybe one of the reasons why I I continue to do it, even though, you know, if I didn't meet you guys and we didn't do this, I would not talk about this. I'm not that person that would be like, oh yeah, like, cool. My, my husband's in recovery. I would never, no one would know. That's just not my personality. I don't think it's a good part of my personality, but I just, it wouldn't be my natural state. So I think one, the fact that this pushes me out of my comfort zone and then I share about that because I'm sure I'm not the only one that would rather not acknowledge this um but then I also really love how the three of us have different stories we're we have different personalities we have different ways of approaching the way we think about our partner's recovery our partners have different recovery journeys if I um I wish that I would have had someone to listen to like me who was like you know, your husband smokes weed and you're still together. And how are you processing that? Like, what are you thinking about? And like, you know, if I would have just stuck with meetings and, you know, expected my husband to do things by the big book, maybe we'd be divorced now. Maybe, you know, like, I think that there's a, there's, there are always different ways. And, you know, there are so few voices in this community anyways, that, um, I think that that's challenging. So I think those those points are why I do keep going, um, even though sometimes I don't want to, and sometimes it makes me uncomfy and like, you know, whatever. But like, I don't know, I think it's worth it to share. And I think it's worth it to go to the first meeting and to keep going to more meetings and keep sharing. Because I think it ultimately pays off, but it doesn't change the fact that like, it's okay for me not to like it. You know, like, it's just okay not to like it, but at the same time to acknowledge that it's really beneficial. One, it's okay for it to like ebb and flow, like based on, I think a lot of it is impacted on where you are in the moment, like what other things are happening in your life that may be bigger than addiction at that time, especially if it's, you know, in a, a period where things are relatively like calm and 
good on the mm-hmm. addiction front. Like it, it seems less front and center. Um, but then, you know, maybe in a few months, like things shift or something comes up and it's like, oh, it's really helpful to have this space to share because now you need it. Like, um, you know, something I'll talk about in another time, like Jay is about to have like this oral surgery and like things have been fine for like the last few months. And I would say like, in general, it's not thinking too much about his addiction and recovery. And now it's like, oh, here, this thing has popped up. And now it's like dealing with, does he get pain meds for it or not? And like, what will that lead to? And so it's like, I feel like as much as, even if I were to say like, oh, like addiction's not, I don't want it to be as part of like a big part of my life. And I don't want to have to think about it. Like the reality is, is that it is. And like, it will pop up at, at some point. And I'm glad that I will have a space to share my feelings and concerns and and fears, like when that time comes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, good episode guys. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Another year of us being uh, boy problems podcast. So if you like us, please rate review, please share us, please help us spread the word to others. Um, you know, send secret DMS, you know, to, to your friends, who you may know who are struggling, or if you want to, you know, jump into the pool with us of, uh, letting your anonymity out. We, we know what the struggle is and, and we're here for you. So thanks everyone. Please follow us on social and keep coming back. Thanks for spending time with us. We hope this story has helped you better navigate yours. Don't forget to subscribe so we can meet you here next time. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the love by rating or reviewing. Need more support? Join our online community by visiting us at boyproblemspod.com. Whatever you do, keep coming back. We're not licensed professionals. We're here to share our lived experience. So take what resonates and leave what doesn't.